welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. We are witnesses. We are witnesses. Eager, but still witnesses. Oh, we are witnesses in this Easter season of our faith in the risen Christ. He is risen? Yeah. Still, still in Easter. We've been here a while, and we're going to be here in Easter next week, too. And next week, you're going to have the joy of hearing from Coach Perry Hunter. You may not know that name, but I hope that you will come to know him and, and wave to him as he mows the grass over at the schools because he coaches and he serves the school and he travels the world as a witness. So what an appropriate way to conclude our We Are Witnesses than to bring one in who travels the globe and lives right here in town. How wonderful. I'm jealous. I won't be here. I'll be out of town. But uh, we'll record it. I'll get to watch Perry. Wonderful man. But let's look to today's passage. It is impressive. It's an impressive passage because it is preceded by something we can all identify with, frustration. Anyone been frustrated lately? I'm going to read the the few verses prior because it will help set the stage. It says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the regions of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit kept them from speaking the word in the province of Asia. When they approached the province of Messiah, they tried to enter the province of Bethania, but the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them. Passing by Messiah, they went down to Troas instead. What do you think Paul was feeling when he headed in a direction and the Spirit, in one way or another, we don't know how, said, no. And then he went somewhere else and the Spirit said, "Uh uh-uh. And so instead, he went down to Troas, maybe a place he was trying to avoid. Have you ever had a plan that just seems to keep getting disrupted or stymied? We all do. How does it make you feel? Joyful? Frustrated? Anxious? Afraid? Maybe you get jealous as other people seem to be seeing their plans come to fruition. Why not mine? Why isn't this working, we might say. Paul might have been feeling these things. Paul's human, just like us. Sometimes things don't go to plan. That's not anything new for you. And especially as a community, the last two years have been a big testament to the disruption of unforeseen circumstances that force us to change our plan. And how have the last two years been for you? Moments of joy, but a lot of fear, anger, Maybe we felt defeated. I know that's been the feeling in the church sometimes. How do we do ministry without people? How do we have church when we aren't in this space? I am thankful for those of you who embrace the moment with curiosity, anticipation, imagination, and even found joy. Sometimes we have our plans all made out. I mean, all the time, right? It's what we do. Sometimes they go to plan. Great. Sometimes they don't. Paul is having his heart opened by the Holy Spirit in this changing of plans. He just may not see that yet. Paul's learning to operate from the idea that I try to embrace. We can only ever make plan B 
until plan A presents itself. Now, it's a good day when our plan B is plan A, but oftentimes it's not. He has no idea what's going to happen, Paul. He's making plans. He's headed directions. But if you're following the Spirit who moves like the wind blows, you better be ready to change. Amen? Paul and his companions end up in this area they didn't plan to be, and the only reason they're there is because nowhere else worked out. That's some of our stories, right? His companions must have been wondering what is going on. There was a plan. They just didn't know it. So they end up in Troas instead of all the places they maybe wished to go. And so with that, we come to verses 9 through 15. A vision of a man from Macedonia came to Paul during the night. He stood urging Paul, come over to Macedonia and help us. Immediately after he saw the vision, we prepared to leave for the province of Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We sailed from Troas straight for Samothrace and came to Neapolis the following day. From there, we went to Philippi, a city of Macedonia's first district and a Roman colony. We stayed in that city several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the riverbank, where we thought there might be a place for prayer. We sat down and began to talk with the women who had gathered. One of those women was Lydia, a Gentile God-worshipper from the city of Theotera, a dealer in purple cloth. As she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. Once she and her household were baptized, she urged, now that you have decided that I am a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. And she persuaded us. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this passage is about Paul and Lydia. Are you familiar with Lydia? If you're wondering Paul, Paul was known as Saul in Hebrew circles, but here we are in Gentile land. He's Paul. He's a Pharisee. He had a plan. He was going to go and purify the religion and get rid of these Jesus followers, and then he met Jesus, and everything changed. He was wanting to be an ambassador for God's will. He just didn't understand the mission. Then he did. Lydia, a rich and independent woman who has been captivated by the God of Israel. We know that she's rich because she sells purple cloth. Only elite, only the upper, upper class were allowed to wear purple cloth. And so if she's dealing with the upper, upper class, she's making a lot of money. We know she's independent because she has her own house. No man for her identity. She is her own woman. And we both, we see that they both have been maybe seeking out a synagogue in Philippi. But there isn't a synagogue in Philippi. So Lydia has been going out and joining in a place of prayer. Paul has been there for several days waiting for Sabbath. Can't find a synagogue and ends up at the same place. Their plans had to change when there wasn't a synagogue. And so they went to this place and all happened to be there at the same time. And this encounter provides Lydia a witness for her and her faith and her family. And Lydia provides a house and a home from which Paul can operate the mission. The key line here, verse 14, says, As she listened to Paul, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. Other translations say, her heart was opened by the Lord. 
So how? How'd this happen? How was her heart opened? It says she was a God-fearer, a Gentile who worshiped the Jewish God. She recognized something in that story that spoke truth to her. She went to a place of prayer, so she obviously was curious, seeking, devoted, and the only way she knew how to be. And then she listened to Paul. We're all eager to listen to people that come along with a message we've never heard, amen? Eh, depends on the message. Through the opening that she had operated from, the opening in her heart to God, to Paul, the Lord opened her all the way to receive faith in a way that led to the baptism of her, her whole household, and then she compelled Paul to come stay and operate your mission from my house. It said she prevailed upon us. She persuaded us. Lydia was not a force to be reckoned with. We might ask, why was she not opened sooner? Maybe she just needed a witness. Or why didn't God work in another way, bring the Spirit to her in another way? We don't know. This was the plan. Do you think Paul envisioned this encounter a week earlier, sitting in Troas, twiddling his thumbs, maybe hanging his head, that he just couldn't find a place to go, that the Spirit wasn't saying no? He saw a vision of a man pleading in Macedonia. A man pleading. You think he ever expected to encounter Lydia? If he'd seen a woman, would he have gone? He couldn't find a synagogue. You think he had high hopes for this place of prayer outside the city? You think he was like, perfect, this is what I'm looking for? Or do you think he's like, well, where else am I going to go? Yet, we get the sense there was a plan all along. Amen? A week into their arrival, and Paul now has a place from which to operate. And you need a place to operate. The entire encounter, among others, had opened hearts of both Paul and Lydia to be ready for anything, which brings us to our lives here and now. Are we ready for anything? And if you're thinking, well, it depends, then you're not ready for anything. How are your plans going today, friends? Anybody running it up against no's? Is everything happening as you expected? If yes, great, and hopefully your plan is to embody the kingdom, to be an image bearer for God, and let all that you do be a, a testament that people may look at you and see in you something about God. If that's not your plan, should we pray for success in your plans? If that is your plan and things just aren't happening like you expected, what do we do with that? It might feel like Paul. Are you open to the plans changing for your life, for your community, for the church, for your nation? Does it make you uncomfortable? Yes. Yes, it does. Amen? Is your instinct to fight for your plan? Yes. Because our plan is what we have in mind. It's comfortable. We want comfort. We resist discomfort. Many here in this room have faced and are facing really difficult, heavy changes of plan. There's been disappointment. There's been sickness, disease. There's been pain and loss. There's been crumbling relationships. Or there might just be disorientation 
I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to think, who to believe, where to go. Yet, you're here this morning. And that's a gift, to be here this morning. Something led you here. Maybe because you had nowhere else to go. Or maybe you didn't know what else to do. Or maybe you know that here there's something to be had. You are here, and maybe you're here to try to persuade God to bring success to your plans. We do that. Or maybe you're just here to ask, why is this happening? What are you doing? Or maybe you're just trying to become more open to where God is leading you. Like Lydia and Paul, we might just be worshiping God, ready to be opened up. Like Lydia and Paul, we may just be following the only path that is provided, hoping that one day we'll see where the Spirit's been at work. As a church, I hope we've learned a great deal from the last two years, and I know we're going to have a lot to learn from the next two. Our plans don't always go as anticipated. We could point at COVID or inflation or politics or relationships or health or ministry, and we can make a long list of things we've been feeling, disappointment, agitation, jealousy, fear, defeat, and the list goes on. We reflect upon the past, some of us, and we think that was a lot better than what we see now. Amen? And so our response to change is very similar to this list. When we fixate on what isn't going to plan, We only close ourselves off from what God's trying to do. If Paul had just sat in Troas and thought about how he really wanted to go to these other places, would he have paid attention to the vision he received? When we only focus and complain and we gossip about what's going on not the way we wanted, we're shutting ourselves off. We're closing the door, closing the window, and not allowing ourselves to be opened. How many times did Jesus face this kind of behavior from his disciples? A lot. How many times has the church behaved like this over two millennia? A lot. So, take comfort. Take comfort. We're not out of the ordinary. It's a normal struggle. It's okay. It happens. This very human response brings me back to that room Paul was in in Troas and wondering, what did he pray for? What were his prayers in that time? I doubt he was even looking to the east, thinking they might cross the Aegean Sea from one continent into a Roman colony. I think that was probably the last thing on his mind. Or maybe like many missionaries that I've come to know, they're saying, please, God, don't send me there. That's where Rome was. Philippi was a a land that Caesar had seen as a good place to give land and houses and property to retired officers and generals from the army. Can you imagine the political atmosphere in Philippi? That's where Paul was sent to go. How about Lydia? What was she praying for before Paul showed up? How long had she gone to that place of prayer? A wealthy independent going to a place of prayer outside the city time and time again. For what? What'd she expect to find there? One day, outside of the plans of Paul and Lydia, Amid their wonder and emotion, God led them together, and they changed each other's lives. I know we're all feeling a mixture of post-pandemic, pre-denominational, and frankly, probably none of that matters because there's just things going on in your life that are hard. 
We've endured a great deal together in my four very short years here. I wonder, what is God trying to do in and through this church in and through you? Where are you being led? To whom are we being led? To what are we being opened? The invitation before us from the Holy Spirit is to trust. To trust wherever we're led. The plan we can make is to pray to God to help us trust. The hope we have should not be what's behind us or what we hope to see, but what will actually be there when we arrive. The joy we are to have is not the success in our plans, but in the success of the Lord's plans. As witnesses, the Holy Spirit, friends, disrupts and directs us in the mission to which we are called, the mission which is, say it with me, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Let's say it like we mean it. To make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Let's say it like it's a great calling to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. We can look around and see there's need for transformation. Amen? But chances are the transformation God intends is not what we might expect. So will you venture together with your hearts open to what may come? Let's pray that the Lord might open us further and reveal to us to what you are called to today and then tomorrow and then the day after that and many years to come. Let us share our witness no matter where or to whom we might be led. Let us make our plans, but hold them loosely. Let us not focus on what is not going to plan and instead trust, pray, and hope that our hearts are being opened through where it is we're being directed, that we may find joy in our life of witness as we head out on an unknown path, knowing we follow the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. We thank you for joining us today. And it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com. 